Hello. Hello, hello, hello. I'm glad to see you guys. I'm going to make this short and sweet. This is um, a School of the Prophets podcast, just about. Um, let me take myself out of my ear. I'm hearing myself monitored off. All right. Anyways, um, right now, these are some times where I believe the people of God have to be able to understand what's going on and how to address problems that we see first off with ourselves, and then in our communities. Usually if we can live our life the way that God calls us to, people will ask for solution. They'll be um, able to see that there's favor on us. And even if we do things different than they do, um, we can be an example that at least, at the very least, living a righteous life um, having a relationship, a dedicated, engaged relationship with Yahweh to the best of your ability will allow you to prosper, especially in a time where there are famines, there's rumors of wars, there are political uprisings, um, there's things going on right now where if you can rightly divide, rightly discern what's going on, you will see that um, most of you guys will see very least that there are political powers at play um, there are uh, people with money that are creating I believe um, smoke and mirrors and uh, what's going on politically, what's going on with COVID, what's going on with all the systems um, being out of um, out of touch with basic common sense um, rules and regulations for doing business for instance, rules and regulations for how uh, poor people are taxed um, how um, certain governments impose themselves on others um, the connections between politicians um, the lies they tell, the money they make um, the stocks that they uh, reap benefits off of um, all these things are happening and much more. Um, people are being taken advantage of in small towns all over the world. Young boys and young girls are being taken advantage of. Um, in certain countries, women don't have rights. Um, women are not seen as important. Women are not seen as an expression of God's love. Um, they're not seen as important as men. Um, and that leads way to misogyny. Men are, some men are in leadership positions, taking advantage of their leadership positions. And why is that? I think, I believe, at the very root of it, there is a system that's been working since the fall. And the system, a system, uh, run by the Prince of the Air, um, the one who opposes the Lord, the one who led angels to... Um, deploy an attack against the Lord and his angels that system is predicated on um, taking um, conquering subjugating and creating structures where people can't have freedom or won't have as much freedom um, based on resource and money and wealth and power that people want to attain 
So in times past, the office of prophet and the office of the apostle were seen as integral to the survival of a nation. We'll get an in-depth look at the life of the prophet when we read through the book of Kings, or most of the first book of Samuel. We see the prophet going from town to town, finding both spiritual and practical solutions for the people they were tasked to serve. The people of that day faced famine, encroaching societies looking for resources, and spiritual attack from Emissaries' enemy, like Jezebel, right? Jezebel was operating under Luciferic um, tendencies, uh, temple worship, sex worship, witchcraft, all that good stuff. Um, that's like a playbook of the enemy. Um, basically everything that God has built, you know, perverting it, twisting it. So life itself being perverted and twisted, um, child sacrifice and a lot of these um, black art, black religion uh, whatever you want to call it, pagan religion um, a lot of trauma involved, a lot of subjugation of people, killing, death blood, all of it counterfeit to obviously an ultimate sacrifice that had to be made um, as Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun, and what the people are experiencing in any life and timeline is also not new. So we have different players, we have different nation states, different powers, different controlling you know, interests over different regions. Now, as we see, it's businesses are waging war against people, too. They're, you know, it's, it's not hard to see connections between people like uh, Bezos or um, Gates or any of those folks, right? They're up, they're running the same circles, right? And so you can't help but think that things are conspiring in a chain reaction sort of manner. And all of the things that are happening at the very undergirding of it is it's, it's meant to break the foundation of societies so people will be dependent on one group of people who, you know, want to have their way. So we see this in the Old Testament. Um, we can highlight Elijah tonight, not Daniel. But there, he's a prophetic individual. He operated heavily under the power of the Holy Spirit. And Elijah was tasked with taking out Jezebel. He's not just tasked with taking out Jezebel, but what she represents and what she brought with her, right? Because all her people... They were doing the same stuff. So they're desecrating the temple. They had pagan practices. And what that did for the people that had to be living there, it spreads like a cancer. When you see one people, one person doing a thing that's pleasing to the eye, and, you know, it's it, it, it looks fun, you can do it. And I believe that's some of what was happening um, in the land. Um, the people were not honoring the Lord. And Ahab was right with it. He was complicit with it. So if you have the king and the queen doing all sorts of stuff and not honoring God, then what do you think the people are going to do? Just like, you know, Jezebel, um, and I'll move on to the Melekites. God, I don't believe his, his arm of justice is there just to kill people for the fun of it. There is an insidious sort of undergirding with these people. Um, that pop up in the Bible as um, opposition to the people of God. Um, there's a perversion. You know, there's a way in which they 
don't need God. They blaspheme God. And they take um, their lives into their own hands. Meaning um, they will build for themselves towers, use witchcraft information given to them by the watchers, and will build um, so that they can rule the world. You know, they're under the false assumption that the enemy is not <laughs> going to take what's his too, which is their souls. So with Samuel, they said to him, you are old and your sons are not walking your ways. Okay, you catch that. So Samuel, cool dude, but didn't teach his sons how to walk in the way of the Lord. So that's an interesting thought. But they said to him, appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. So they want to be like everybody else, essentially. They don't want to be running around in the desert. They don't want to be, maybe they don't want to be an agrarian society anymore. Whatever. They just don't want God. Um, and uh, the Lord told him, he says, listen to all the people. They're saying to you, Is it, it's not they, uh, they're you they've rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. All right, so, that is the crux of everything right there. You can replace, you know, listen to all the, the churches, what they're saying to you, what they're saying to you prophets. It's not you they have rejected, but they have rejected Jesus as their king. And you come under the headship of Jesus as an ambassador of Christ. You represent things to people sometimes that seem unconventional or they seem as if they don't meet the bottom line which is for home and house now there's nothing wrong with building a house you know, there's nothing wrong with having money but there's a heart posture because the Israelites were never poor okay if you think about it they never out of Egypt they had it all you know what I'm saying you know, so it wasn't as if they were left with, they had manna. There was water provided when they were thirsty in the desert, you know. So, what's going on here, right? And this is what happens with the kings. And this is what God tells Samuel to tell him. He says, this is the king who will reign over you, will do. He'll take your sons, make them serve with his chariots and horses. They'll run in front of his chariots. <laughs> so you'll die. Some he will assign to be commanders. Okay, so he can get an upgrade. Others to plow his ground, so those slaves, right, to reap his harvest. He'll take your daughters and to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. So your daughter's not going to work for you <laughs> anymore. She's not going to be able to, you know, whatever, I don't know. But he's taking, the king's taking everything. He'll take the best of your fields, vineyards, olive groves. Give them to his attendants, right? So everything you work for. You know, I've done gardens before, putting up a, a fence post, just a fence post. So imagine fields, vineyards, and doing it old school, right? They got oxen. They're breaking ground with wooden shovels. So this is time and effort, and this is what the king's going to do to you. And men, servants, maid servants, bestiary cattle, donkeys, take a tenth of your flocks. But the people still refuse to listen. And you imagine, you know, so there's some connection here. I think um, back in the 80s and 90s, a lot of prophets, um, Bob Hope, I think is one of them, 
Um, I listened to his prophecy. I listened to it three or four times already. It's it's right on point. Some of that I've already, I've sh- I've been shown. Some of the things that are coming for the people of God. But one very crazy thing is that the people of God have heard this before. The prophets have been, you know, in the Western church, there have been a lot of prophetic movements. Uh, Not everybody getting it all right all the time. But what the general theme that most people have been saying for a long time is that revival is on the way. And that um, the people of God have to start consecrating themselves and being ready for what's going to happen. And already people are moving into deeper and deeper moves uh, in, in understanding God, um, being near to him, right? But uh, most people fall into the camp of saying, look, all our battles are here on earth. All this stuff about moving tents and sending the priest up to kill the, the sin, they didn't get it, right? Because every time they go out and the priests absolve their sins, they'd probably just go right back to doing what they were going to do. You know, if their hearts weren't right. Now, I'm not saying all of Israel is bad. I'm sure there was some cool people um, walking around in those circles who were probably saying a lot of the same stuff that we're saying, right? But as you can see with most of the prophets, you know, you see what happens, right? Um, uh, even Saul. Saul is just, he murdered a whole school of prophets, Right? Um, he basically just manifested the, uh, the Luciferic passion <laughs> just to kill Christians, right? Just to kill God's anointed ones, the ones that he treasures. And he treasures us all, but he's, he calls us beloved, right? And this is a common thing. We see the problem presented to the nation of Israel and Saul is told to wipe out the Amalekites, right? Later on. So this is the fruit. If David was king, I believe he would have killed all the Amalekites. He would have, he would have stopped it. Whatever, whatever God told him to do, he would have done it. Right. So, the reason they were wiped out is because the Amalekites, and this is an important part, just in general, it, it doesn't look as bad now as it was then in an, uh, an ancient society, but it's still just as deadly. You know, there are people who live amongst us that have ways of life that are contrary to the Spirit of the Lord. We have to remember now, they're not doing child sacrifices right in front of us, but they're doing child abortions every day in clinics positioned in lower income housing places, right? What's that about? That's about population control, right? You do your research. Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood. She was KKK. Um, Bill Gates' dad was a part of Planned Parenthood, the starting of it. And um, you can look through history. Eugenics or eugenics movements or euthogenics. I can't remember. I think it's just basically the pursuit of a perfect race and the exclusion of races that um, create a burden to the greater society, rather. So... um, I digress. Um, what it boils down to, though, is this. The Israelites were done with God, so we talked about that. They were essentially, the, the people of God were essentially supposed to realize that their flourishing was a byproduct of the relationship and covenant they had with Yahweh, right? Just like us, they forgot where their power and authority came from. Um, once a gift is given, it's not revoked. 
right? So the Holy Spirit's on us and in us, and we have an excellence that we work with once we come to Christ. There's a mind of Christ that um, can be revealed to us. And you can tithe and you can follow a righteous walk and not really have a close relationship with Jesus and still prosper, if that makes any sense. What I'm saying is God's grace is sufficient. And there's some people that will never want to meet God face to face, but it's okay. That's where we come in. Because at some point in time, we're supposed to sense what's going on. And whoever might want water, whoever might be thirsty, will get a drink from us. Whether they're, they're a Christian or not. Joel 2-2 two, two, and Acts 2-2. Two, two, right? It's a time of pouring out. Okay? Age of Aquarius. So how do we use this information, right? So ultimately, God wants his creation back with him. Right? He doesn't want us uh, living lavishly or um, taking advantage of a system um, just for our own selves, but rather to be prosperous, to thrive and use what we have, our giftings, our abilities, our understanding, our intellectuality, whatever it might be, to change the spaces we're in. All this is important because I believe there were two things that happened, right? The Israelites forgot who they were and what they're about. You know, it only took but so long for them to forget that God had brought them out the desert, right? Samuel's a funny, interesting thought, too, because Samuel knew the Lord, walked with the Lord, and operated in the Lord mightily, but didn't see the foresight to pass on an understanding to his kids or disciple them in a way where they wouldn't depart. Now, obviously, they made their own decisions. They were unrighteous. And so the people were like, we don't want a king. You know, because Samuel's getting old, you know. The, the seed of prophet wasn't just telling the story. They were telling uh, the, the future. The spirit of the, the office of prophet is to um, understand what the word of the Lord is. Okay. Understand what the Lord might be saying to you. And understand what the Lord might be saying to the people around you. What's going on with the times? What's going on with the church? What is God doing? Where is he moving to? Where is he calling his people to focus their eyes and attention? There are different mountains of culture that he wants to draw us to. He wants to allow us the opportunity to co-create and rebuild, refurbish, and restore the, um, the places we come in contact with. Um, so, and, and this isn't just a, an idea that for salvation, this ultimately, we want people to know the same God we know. We want people to have a relationship with him because there, when you, when you come face to face with God and you get to talk to him and you get to hear um, how he feels about you, that's what changes you. You know, going to church and hearing the words and the theology and all that stuff, I, I've been changed many times by hearing what the, what the pastor has to say. But there's nothing like hearing the voice of the Lord over you, even if it's a little snippet like, well done, good and faithful servant, right? We cannot forget where we came from, but also we cannot uh, forget what happens when you forget. Meaning, we've gotten so comfortable. I think the Israelites got really comfortable. And we've gotten comfortable with this idea that we don't need God. Now, we don't say it out, outright, but what we do is we make decisions that 
create for ourselves our place of rest and not asking God, okay, what is the place of rest? Where are you taking me? What do you want with my life? You know? Because, it, you know, when we just say, okay, I'm going to commit to doing Bible study and meeting with people, um, is it a Bible study or is it a cell church, first off, right? But if it's a Bible study and there's no depth being shared, there's no, you know what I'm saying, then um, that's not going to work either. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be operating in a deeper depth. Um, we have to start healing one another, restoring our relationships. I think that's one way you forget that you're a people. That it's been a people that's been promised, not one person or a couple people, but a people. That's everyone. Everything in common. Everyone having everything in common. Right? So we're not going to be concerned with church attendance numbers or the rate of salvations a month. Because what are we doing, right? We're operating under systems that have not been created for us. It's the same with the church. The systems that we operate in that are not for us. Now, each church is different. you got to find out what it is. But you feel it, right? The point of it is, though, is if we are not equipped, then how can we equip the world? The um, news agencies, um, the businesses, the, the politicians, whoever has a mouthpiece, we're going to be seeing a lot of fear um, put out in the news. We're going to be seeing a lot of down markets. We're going to be seeing job recessions. We're going to, but all the while, I believe as momentum gains, the Lord is going to be impressing upon people to say, hey, have hope. Have hope. Have hope. Remember 08? Remember the housing market crisis? Have hope. Have hope. Or, you know what? God God is in this situation with you. God wants you to turn to him. Come unto him. Come close to him. How? Just start meditating on the words of Jesus. Start operating as an image of Christ. We got to disentangle it culturally whatever way we need to. Right? So we're not building our own empires. We're not saying, let God fight our battles for us. Right? What does this look like for Western culture other people that will create a life for themselves first and then space for God to use us when it's convenient? It's a Christian culture norm, which makes sense when you look at how we've gotten to here from our present church consciousness. It's been a work-based sanctification process which works if you can cope with the uncomfortability of being separated because of the technologies and other ways to escape. So I just want to implore you, as you start to see things shift in your communities, right? It might look different for, for you. We're in the United States. And if you're in the Ukraine or you're in Thailand or China or Africa, in the middle of a Muslim country, you're Muslim somewhere around the world, right? And you're listening to this, and this sounds like something that might be more for you. Then it first starts with um, 
asking Jesus into your heart. You're saying, Jesus, I want to live life your way. You know, I don't want to be anxious or fearful the next day to come. And I trust that just like you heal the lepers or just like you fed 5,000, you're going to feed me and heal me. We're going to step out in faith and know that God is going to start showing us the signs. So for us, we can prosper and then we can show others how to prosper. That's my prayer right now. As we conclude this, this little look, Holy Spirit, I pray that our eyes would be open to the times that we'd be like the sons and daughters of Issachar. I'd be able to draw upon your wisdom, your knowledge, and be able to discern that what's going on now is um, different than what the earth has seen, but it's not new. And then we understand that there will be rumors of wars, there will be calamities, there will be crises. But Lord, we don't lose hold of the fact that we have you. Because you're in us and we're in you. I'm with you and you're with me. God, I love you and you love me. Holy Spirit, we will remember that and understand that, God, we have an authority to pray. So, Lord, we pray for our politicians, we pray for our lawmakers, we pray for the people that are their aides and assistants. That God, truth would pour forth from lips that might not have ever spoken truth. That God, businesses, stock market systems would come back into order. That Lord, people would make gains off the stock market. Lord, people could get out of debt with it. Lord, that systems like education would uh, stop allowing the enemy to infiltrate kids at risk I want to pray that especially for America I pray that Americans will wake up I pray that there be a revival all across America 